Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't. But I'm handling it, and one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. Well, who doesn't love receiving a gift from someone? There's always so much joy and love when you're given a gift, and I think especially right now during the pandemic, when we could all use a little extra love, giving a friend, family member, or partner a gift is such a wonderful thing to do. And today's guest knows a thing or two about that. Barrett Prendergast is the founder of the luxury gifting and floral design company, Valley Brink Road, which specializes in creating elegant gifts for every occasion. Barrett is also the creator of the lifestyle blog, Barrett and the Boys, where she shares her wellness and travel experiences, motherhood tips, and family-friendly recipes. As a businesswoman, mother, wife, and blogger, Barrett wears a lot of hats. When I discovered her platform on Instagram, I not only fell in love with the incredible recipes she posts about, but the authentic and relatable life experiences she shares. I can't wait for you to hear Barrett's story, so you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. So Barrett Prendergast, you're the founder of the luxury gifting and floral design company, Valley Brink Road. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. Of course. Nice to be here. (laughs) Yeah, virtually, right? (laughs) I know. It still feels like a treat, a little day date. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a lot sunnier and warmer by you. You're out in California, correct? Yes, we're in Los Angeles. Where are you? I'm on the East Coast, so it's freezing and wintry, but getting a little lighter at the end of the day, right? Daylight savings is around the corner, so it's not too terrible, but make some soup. Yeah. (laughs) Stay cozy. Uh (laughs) Definitely. Um, Getting excited for spring now. So yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, Before I guess we get into your career, would you mind introducing listeners to what you do, what Valley Brink Road is, and I guess where you're currently located. You know, you said California. I guess just a little about your story. Okay. Um, Valley Brink Road is a luxury gifting and floral design company. We're based in Los Angeles, and um, we create and curate beautiful gift boxes that we ship all over the country. We work with a lot of companies and do custom gifting. So that's a big part of our business is creating unique gifts for companies for different initiatives. Um, And then like things like influencer gifts, or maybe there's a movie coming out and create a gift box for the premiere of that. Um, So that's kind of the fun stuff of all those creative things. And then we also just do individual um, gifts. Maybe you want to send something to someone for their birthday or for Mother's Day, or you're just missing them. I mean, especially right now, I feel like We all just want to send a little something to say hello and we're thinking of someone. So we have all sorts of gifts like that on our site as well, just to brighten someone's day and, you know, a little reminder that you miss them and you're thinking of them. Yeah. Which is of course, like you said, really important right now to just be thinking of others and I guess showing that appreciation for their relationship to you. Uh, Gift boxes are a great idea and before, you know, before you started the company, before you even thought you would end up doing gift boxing for a career, <laughs> you were initially interested in food and cooking. 
correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, Valley Brink Road has had many different phases. So in, I guess it was probably late twenties, um, right when I, around when I turned 30, I kind of was at this crossroads. I had worked in fashion for a long time. I'd had a handbag line actually with my husband for a few years that we ended up closing and I kind of needed to decide, was I going to stay in fashion? This thing that I had done for so long, did I even really care about that anymore? Was I passionate about it? And I felt like I wasn't, I had just done it for so long. And I feel like, you know, so often we just get stuck and well, this is what I said I was going to do, or this is what I do, or this is what I know. Um, and it's scary to start over. And I mean, I feel like even now, like 30 seems like old to start over, but it's never too late to start over. I'm a big proponent of finding something that makes you happy. Um, so at that time I kept coming, I spent a lot of time thinking about it. What do I spend my time doing? What do I think about that's not related to work? And I kept coming back to food. I kept coming back to entertaining. I kept coming back to that creative process of bringing people together, do, making a tablescape, laughing over a delicious dinner, bonding, things like that. But I had only, you know, I cooked at home and I watched a lot of food network and I had taught myself how to cook and um, I was a good home cook, but how did I translate that to um, the real world and having some sort of career in cooking? And I talked to a lot of friends in the field and they were like, don't go to cooking school. <laughs> You're really going to learn the most through experience. And that was incredible advice that I was given. And so I went out and I reached out to all these restaurants and I tried to get a job, but unfortunately, one of the prerequisites for working at a restaurant is restaurant experience, which I did not have. <laughs> right. So right. that was difficult. That was kind of my first <laughs> obstacle mm -hmm. to overcome. But a friend worked at a restaurant near us called Canalay. It's no longer here, but it was an amazing um, small restaurant run by this wonderful woman um, Karina. And I met with her once and I was like, I'll just come in and volunteer. Like, I just want to start learning. And so she let me come in. And after about a week, she was like, clearly, you know how to cook. You can start working here. She gave me a job. And so that was my first job in food. I worked there almost for a year. I also worked for some catering companies and I kind of just wanted to see what the different options were, you know, cause I didn't have any experience before. And you know, some fields have so many different ways that you could do something. So I quickly realized that I didn't want to work in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked catering, but there were kind of specific things I liked about it. And mm -hmm. what I really liked was kind of what I was doing for my friends and family. I liked creating intimate dinner parties for small groups of people using really wonderful ingredients. And so about a year after that, I um, launched Valley Brink Road and it was a boutique catering company. And I went to people's houses and I cooked for them like personal chef services. Amazing. Yeah. So I guess within that, there is some aspect of um, community and working for, you know, working for individuals, like providing them that service. And I think with gifting, you know, that's very neck and neck. Um, yeah, both brighten people's days and make people feel good. And it's just something, I mean, I would get the sending a gift box or delivering in the beginning, I would hand deliver all the gift boxes. So you'd get a very similar reaction. You like set 
a meal in front of someone and they're so grateful mm. and thankful and happy and you get the same reaction when you make a thoughtful, beautiful gift for someone, you hand it over and people are like, oh my gosh, this is for me. And I'm like, it is for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, like catering as well. You're able to, you know, provide, I mean, I just think of, you know, catering events that I've had in my like graduation parties and like, yeah. you know, big fun events and, you know, to provide that service for somebody and make it memorable. You know, I've had some really great caterers at parties before and it's like, you remember that. And even with mm -hmm. gift boxes, like now everything is online and there's such a variety of things. And like you said too, with the boxes that you provide on Valley Brink Road, you offer different things for different people, different life events. Um, there's so much you can do with that. And I think it's so amazing. So I guess, it, yeah. What has the feedback been um, for you and the company? So I think the biggest thing, cause you know, when, when I first started doing gift boxes, no one was doing gift boxes in that way. Now there's lots of gift box companies, but at the time it was still that old school, more of a gift basket, you know, something mm -hmm. that came in a basket. Oftentimes it was wrapped in plastic and it lacked that kind of elevated quality. And so when I started creating it, I wanted to make something that was like the products were beautiful and you'd want them, but also the vessel in which it was delivered was really special and more sustainable. So, you know, over the years where a lot of people, you know, a lot of people make cheaper price point gift boxes, but for us, our focus really is on all of the details. So our boxes are handmade in Los Angeles um, and they have a really beautiful, high quality tactile touch to them. They have debossed gold foil logos. They have a beautiful ribbon. They have letterpress cards. So all of these things that, you know, they're small little details that really make the entire experience something very special for the recipient that then the receiver feels so, or the receiver feels great. The sender feels nice. great about the whole experience. Like, I mean, I have all the time people write me how grateful they, they didn't get the gift. They sent the gift to someone and they're thanking me because that, I mean, that person feels so good with the experience of that gift. So mm -hmm. that's really what it's all about is, you know, just creating something that someone will remember, just like you remember an amazing event that the caterer put so much love into. We're really trying to put that love and care into every gift that's sent out. Right. And yeah, I mean, like you said, it, it means a lot to show someone that you appreciate them. And then in return, you sort of get that gratification back, you know, but yeah. when you send a person a gift, it's like, wow, like somebody loves me. Like someone thinks so yeah. much of me and you know, just that connection, it's really great. And then you feel that love in return. So I love that. And yeah, you started this business way before, way before even social media became uh, to what it is now. And, you know, you've stated in the past that a lot of the, I guess, rise of the success of the company was from Instagram and people messaging you on Instagram, seeing these baskets. And that's sort of how, really how it would, you know, take off, correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was right when kind of Instagram had just started. Um, and, and mostly what people were posting were, you know, like in the beginning, people would post 
pictures of themselves with like these wacky different filters on. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, people weren't like promoting their business really. <laughs> right. It had, it had just started. Um, and one day I posted, not even really thinking about it. I had made a gift box. I had just started doing that. And I was like, oh, you know, going to deliver this today. And immediately all these people were like, wait, what is this? Where did you get that? And that's kind of the business just took off from there. And, you know, Instagram worked differently then too. It's much harder now, I think, because of the way the algorithm works and, you know, it's become a different beast. But then you posted something, people saw it. It it was much easier to get things out there. And so really quickly, um, within like three months of making my first gift box, I realized that it was a business because I wasn't really setting out to start a gifting company. I was just, my friend had asked me to make some gifts. I made them. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, there's a real demand for here (laughs) and for this. And and Instagram was really the catalyst for that for us. And isn't that the best when you sort of like stumble into a career, <laughs> not really knowing what you, you know, what you're setting out to do not even knowing that you wanted to develop a career in that to begin with. I think that's so awesome. And I think for so many, it's kind of, if you can be, just be open, you know, like you can find an area or a field that you're interested in, but just being open to trying different things. I never knew that I would in like make gift boxes or everyone's like, how did you decide to start a gift box company? I didn't, you know, I said yes to an opportunity. And then I saw that people responded to the product. And then I took it from there. But had I said no to my friend that day, I wouldn't have a gift box company. Mm -hmm. So I think that especially in the beginning, I think there comes a time where you can't say yes to everything, It, it becomes difficult, and you have to use your time wisely. But in the beginning, when you are trying to figure something out and find a new path and find something that you love, I think it's so valuable to be open and to say yes to things and especially different creative opportunities if you're a creative person and just kind of have that yes attitude. I mean, it was the same with catering. You know, I never for like the first wedding I catered, I'd never catered a wedding, 150 Mm -hmm. people was terrifying. But I was like, of course, I'll do it. No, no worries. And then I figured it out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, everything sort of balances itself out and, you know, works out in the end, right? To some extent, I guess. But yeah, and like, you know, the gift boxes are absolutely beautiful. I was checking them out right before we hopped on this call. And like you said, there's so much care And the fact that you focus on sustainability is so big because I know that's like my pet peeve with say makeup boxes. I feel like makeup subscription boxes are so big over the past couple of years. And my -hmm. biggest pet peeve was that you'd get like this, you know, it'd be 80% tube and like 20% product. (laughs) And it's like, what? Like, and it's plastic. So I'm going to have to recycle it, but then it can't be recycled. So there's a whole issue within that too. And I think just focusing on, you know, the products, the quality of the products that you're selling and also the sustainability aspect, because I think that's something too, especially with online businesses and delivery. That's something that a lot of companies, I don't know if they ignore it, but I guess, you know, don't really focus on it. So I think that's, well, I think for a lot of people, they choose the cheaper road. Mm -hmm. And I think we have to think about a bigger picture than that and the impact that every single one of us is making and the impact that our businesses are having on the world. 
And so our hope is that we don't, you know, we don't include any plastic wrap or anything like that. Everything's biodegradable. And our hope is too, the box is so beautiful that you wouldn't throw it away. You would see this box that you get and you could use it for storage. You could keep it in your closet for, you know, you could put little jewelry boxes in it. You could do so many different things Mm -hmm. with it. Or maybe you re-gift it to someone because the box is still in wonderful condition. So now you can create a beautiful gift and give it to a friend. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all those things are really important and more businesses hopefully start thinking about them. Definitely. And, you know, I'm curious, how has the pandemic impacted, you know, the work that you're doing and how has it impacted the company? I mean, it's crazy that, you know, we're going on a year now and I feel like I week after week, the conversation really circles back to this <laughs> pandemic just because everything's yeah. been you know, impacted by it so differently, whether it's their personal lives or their businesses. Um, Yeah. How has it affected you, your team, the work that you're doing? So we were definitely hit hard, especially in um, for several months last year by the pandemic. Obviously we are a luxury gifting company, so it's not an essential service or item that people need, especially in those, that first chunk of time, when people were just very fearful, very worried for the first time, it was locked down all of these things. And Mm -hmm. also our gifts were, you know, started at a higher price point. So we definitely had to rethink um, what we were offering and pivot to adjust and also to make sure that our clients and prospective clients could still be gifting people and still be sending people that, you know, moment to connect and just make it more affordable. So we launched a series of gifts that are under a hundred that have started to do very well. So that has turned things around. Um, But we also just had to downsize. I mean, that is the reality of the time we're in. And the hope is, is that, you know, once things get back to a place, um, a more normal place, who knows how long that's going to be. I think that we have, um, we're very conservative. So we make choices based off that to make sure that we're not overextended. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we ended up having to reduce our team. Um, We have, we moved our, our landlord raised our rent during the pandemic. So we actually just moved out of our warehouse. (laughs) Nice guy. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And things like that, that are, that can feel really hard, but also are the smartest choices to make. And so we're just, you know, pushing through. And I think that we're all going to get through this. It's just, you know, making those choices and trying to be smart about staying super lean until things start to pick up. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I know this might sound corny too, but I honestly believe that sometimes it is those curveballs that actually put us on the right track, like the track mm-hmm. we're supposed to be on. I agree. So, yeah, I keep telling people that, like now who are just, you know, coming into so many different obstacles, as yeah. much as it sucks <laughs> and as much as like, <laughs> the crappiest of situations, I really do think that, like, we're going to, you know, we're going to be taking things from this and it's only going to help us moving forward. And, you know, however we run our businesses, however we run, you know, just our day-to-day lives. So it'll be exciting to see what you guys continue to do. And um, yeah, I'm excited to watch it all play out. Um, (laughs) I, I think, you know, like I said, gifting, especially right now, you know, for anyone listening, like I think definitely just 
tell people like, thank you in your life, you know, yeah. right now, this is a time where we're also isolated and a lot of us feeling more alone at times. And I think mm. to, um, you know, tell someone you love them that you're thankful for them, I think is a really great thing to do. Um, yeah. I think that at this point we all thought that thing, it was never going to last this long. Yeah. So as we like, you know, we're entering, it's been a year since, you know, all of this started. And I think that especially now that can feel really heavy to people, um, especially people that haven't seen their family in over a year that can't travel to see each other and connect. And so, um, yeah, it does feel like now more than ever, even just sending someone a note in the mail, (laughs) like anything just that's not, you know, something that has to do with just a phone call, but something that they can open and receive and has that, just that element of, of loving it. Um, I'm, my son's been writing my mom little handwritten notes and on post-its and she'll always call me yeah. like, I got another letter oh, <laughs> and yeah. it feels really special to her. So, and letters all are that great. stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that in another episode, like letters are so great, especially, you know, we're in such a digital age and it's, So easy to just like pull out your phone and send a text instead of, oh, like, I love getting thank you cards. I love getting like holiday cards in the mail and so that's really special. Um, And yeah, so in addition to the gift boxing, I really want to talk about (laughs) Barrett and the Boys. I love that name. I think it's (laughs) fantastic. Um, you started this lifestyle blog and, you know, before we started recording, I was telling you that I sort of came across your work, um, from social media, you know, Instagram, that's how we're finding everybody these days. And, um, I came across your work and your recipes, especially because I like many am cooking a lot more during this whole year. I love hearing that. (laughs) And um, yeah, you have really tasty recipes and you started this lifestyle blog, Barrett and the Boys, that's sort of a compilation of recipes and lifestyle blog posts and things that are going on in your life, uh, family stuff, all of that. Um, What was the inspiration behind it? And you, you know, I guess getting vulnerable and sharing uh, everything with your community. So for so long, I've always just shared it on Instagram. So um, I I used to have one Instagram and it was Valley Brink Road and basically my personal life kind of mixed. And so Mm -hmm. a few years ago, I decided that I wanted to separate the two um, so that it wasn't confusing for brands. Like if you went to Valley Brink Road, Valley Brink Road was a gifting company and then over here, I could share, especially once I had kids, I really wanted to share a lot of motherhood and um, cooking and cooking and like creating recipes that you could share with your family and all of that kind of lifestyle content. But for a long time, I just shared it on Instagram. So I would, you know, post recipes and post things on stories and have that, but not really a platform where all of it could live that everyone could access all the time. And so we finally decided to start working on building out a site for that. And we were able to finally finish it um, this past year and launched it around like November, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been great because now I have a place to put all the recipes and I love create, like I love 
all that creativity and sharing all that stuff and connecting with parents and moms and, you know, all that brings me so much joy. So I'm happy that I now have a place where I can share that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, blogging, that's one of the more classic outlets. And it's great though, because I love to, you know, hear about what's going on in somebody else's life. Maybe, you know, somebody's going through the same problems. Somebody's dealing with the same things, especially when it comes to stuff like lately during this whole pandemic skincare, I've talked Mm -hmm. about it countless times on here. (laughs) I'm so interested in expanding, you know, the products that I'm using and trying to find different products out there. I love when it comes to lifestyle blogs. I love hearing what other people use because you never know. Maybe yeah, find your of course. Products. <laughs> um, but it's so fun. Also with motherhood, like, you know, I think when you're going through things with your kids that are more complicated, like during the pandemic, um, kind of sort of early on in it, Costa, my oldest son developed a vocal tick like out of nowhere. And so we went through this whole thing. And then um, some other moms, I had shared a little bit about it. And some other moms were like, Oh, my gosh, like my child just developed this during quarantine. And I think a lot of it just had to do with the anxiety that these children are feeling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're so little, there's no, they often don't have the tools to express themselves. And so it comes out in these other forms. And so being able to write a blog post and really get into detail about everything we did to help provide him with support and how now it's gone because we did do all these things. I do think it's connected to the things that we implemented in his daily life. And then that hopefully helps some other parents that are going through a similar thing. You can't really convey that in, you know, an Instagram story or just an Instagram post because it's kind of a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think especially during the pandemic too, you know, I, I don't have kids, but I have friends that do <laughs> family that do. And yeah, I'm like, oh, y'all need like an award after, <laughs> after this year. We'll take it. Yeah. We'll take that award. <laughs> I just like, I feel like I'm overwhelmed and it's, <laughs> and I'm like, how are other people doing it? Um, it's crazy. Let me tell you, it's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, I know, you know, I, I have a cousin who um, had kids during the pandemic and I was just talking mm. to him. Like there's so many outlets now for, um, for parents and families and so many people on social media that you can, you know, turn to for advice or just to hear how someone else is doing something. Cause you're looking yeah. for an alternative, right? Um, We're very lucky as parents to have that. I mean, especially when I first had kids, I didn't have any friends who had had kids yet. So I, and so much of the early stage, you're isolated, you're at home with your newborn, you're navigating and figuring out how to do all of these new things, but you're isolated because it's just you, or maybe it's just you and your partner. Um, And social media is actually the way that I connected with so many moms during that time because I started sharing stuff and then they were also, you know, up at two in the morning, feeding their newborn, looking Mm. at the phone. And so it really created a a community of people that I've maybe never met in real life, but actually help has, have helped me through the many stages of motherhood. Mm -hmm. For sure. And, you know, I think, like I said, uh, your social media, you keep it pretty authentic at a time in like 2021, where I feel like there's a filter on life, right? Mm-hmm. Not just on like the posts are putting out, but just on life. Like, yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, not everybody has to do this, but I think at times it's important to just 
be authentic. And I feel like you do that, which is awesome. Thank um, you. And yeah, so the blog, like I'll be linking everything in this episode description so people could check it out. Um, and of course your social media handle on Instagram, but, uh, like I said, you cook too, which is amazing. And I just saw you did like a banana bread recipe, which is one bowl banana bread. Everyone can make it. It's very easy. Pandemic favorites. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't, like, if you haven't made a loaf of banana bread during the pandemic, have you done the pandemic? (laughs) Are you here? (laughs) Um, But yeah, was there like a favorite recipe that you've been making perhaps for the winter? Do you have like favorite or favorite types of foods that you like to make, I guess, over this past year? Um, so I've made a lot of banana bread. (laughs) We make a lot of soups, which I think right now is so nice, really simple soups, even just like a quick chicken noodle soup is delicious. Um, recently I made a veggie and, uh, I think it was barley, like some sort of grain soup. All those recipes are on the site and all that stuff is so comforting. You make a big batch of it. You can freeze some of it. If you're just cooking for yourself, freeze some of it. Um, keep it in a container in the fridge for the week, heat it up for lunch. I love making soups because you can really extend the life of them and they just make you feel so good, especially when it's cold out. Yeah. Oh, especially right now. <laughs> you I need some know. soup. Yeah. Oh, it's been so windy, like all over the East coast, uh, I guess. Like it's just been like abnormal winds to the point where gosh. like literally the one night I like felt like Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. I'm like, this is it. Like <laughs> I'm getting blown away. Blown away. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, soups are great. I feel like I've personally made like a lot of butternut squash soup, which has been, yeah, that's like, a good one. We eat tons of pasta. Like a, so yeah. it's like, pasta city over here. Everyone's like, how do you eat so much pasta? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I finally made, um, the, uh, like feta pasta thing. That's been, Oh, I haven't done it yet. Is it really that amazing? Well, the feta was sold out of like the local grocery stores here. So we didn't make it for a while. And then, um, yeah, it was good. Honestly, like it was yeah. pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I like usually good. don't like get into the hype of things and like buy into yeah. it. And I, I'm not like, I'll see recipes online, but it's very rare that I actually follow through with, <laughs> <laughs> with what I see unless I like keep yeah. myself to go back to it. Um, but I just kept seeing it so much. Oh like, my gosh. People are crazy it. over it. <laughs> this feta <laughs> pasta, everybody was making it. So I finally made it and yeah, like it, it was yeah. good. Um, okay. yeah. So highly recommend it for I anyone. I have to there. finally try it. Yeah. <laughs> Jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Well, and I guess it's fun cause you could like spice it up however you want and throw in like yeah. veggies and stuff. It's cute, but yeah, no, I think it, it looks like a good recipe because it's so simple and then you can kind of make it your own however you want to. Right. And it happens in one dish, which is my kind of recipe. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, Barrett, this has been so great. And, you know, before we wrap, I always love to ask with this being handling it and, you know, everybody's just trying to handle the ups and downs in life right now. Throughout your career as a businesswoman, whether it be starting your company, um, maybe an experience you've learned from the pandemic, has there been any lessons or a piece of advice that's really helped you handle your life? 
Um, I think that kind of getting rid of this idea of balance and work and personal life, because sometimes, especially once you're a parent, I feel like that can make you feel really bad all the time. (laughs) Um, And I think it's more about focusing on being whole and feeling happy. And, you know, every day, everything is not going to get done. And being okay with that and not beating yourself up about, well, I should have done more. This didn't get folded or the dishes, you know, some days you're going to be able to clean the house. Some days you're not going to be able to, and we're doing the best we can. And I think that it's just really important to acknowledge that for yourself and, um, and not be so hard on yourself because at least when I talk to moms, that's one thing that's very common is they just feel like they're not doing enough or all this stuff. And we're doing as much as we can you know, and each day is a new day and just focus on feeling good and feeling happy and feeling whole. And that's that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I always say too, like, if you have to say no to something, say no. Yes. A hundred percent. We, especially like, I feel like, um, you know, just as individuals, especially like as women and, um, you know, mothers, I could imagine, I could only imagine, I feel like we, we tend to think we have to show up as like superwoman all the time when in actuality, like you can say no to things and it will be okay. Yeah. But it's kind of ingrained in us to have this like guilt or anxiety about saying no, like, well, if I say no, will I ever get another opportunity? Will I ever work again? If I say no, like, I think it, I mean, I'm very guilty of that. Like I can do it. I can do it. But just because you can do it doesn't mean necessarily it's going to be healthy for you to do it. And so I think that it's, you have to do that work to be able to get to a place where you can say yes to things that are the right things. And it's okay to say no. And it doesn't mean that other things are not going to come along, but, and it's also like, okay to take a nap. If you're really tired, you don't have to feel guilty about it. I know that I struggle with that. Like, well, I don't know. There's so much to do, but maybe I'll be more productive if I actually let myself lie down for a few hours and rest because obviously I'm like, my body is telling me it's so tired. And then I can get up and do the things I do and I'll be refreshed and I'll have more focus and I'll feel better. And that's okay. I should be able to give myself that. So it's kind of allowing ourselves to have those things. I'm the same way when it comes to napping. Like I was never a big napper, like, especially in college, like I always felt like I had to work, work, work up to yeah. the, like, work yourself to the bone. Like you're up all night. You're waking up so early to just try and do it all graduate. <laughs> and then that's just sort it of never like, ends. Yeah. It never We're ends. Just trying to and do it, just, it all. <laughs> yeah. And that attitude has just sort of like stuck with me through life, but I have to yeah. keep telling myself like when my eyes start twitching, like take the nap. Yes. Like, you need you know, to. <laughs> yeah. It's important to be self-aware of that and not just with napping, I guess with any sort of rest. Um, yeah. and especially in a time of our lives where we have a whole year to just sort of slow down. I think that's, it's really important to remember that. But- yeah. And I think sometimes it's hard for people too, because of technology where people have access to us all the time. So, you know, people send you an email. If you don't respond quickly, it's like, did you get my email? It's like, yes, I got your email. It's been two hours. Mm -hmm. I'll get back to you. And so kind of being okay with just like taking a moment and you don't have to be, everything doesn't have to be so immediate and people will get used to how you respond. You know, if you set it up that you're the person who always goes back to them right away, 
immediately, then that's the expectation. But I think that it's okay to set those boundaries for yourself. And we don't have to be so available and everything doesn't have to be so immediate all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, like we're in such a gimme, gimme society. Like we want things now. Yep. <laughs> that's just how it is. But it's important to remember, like, that's really not how it has to be. No. And I think that's, yeah, definitely something to live by. But yeah, Barrett, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people follow along with you and the work you're doing? Um, everyone can follow along at Barrett Prendergast on Instagram. We also have our Valley Brink Road Instagram that's at Valley Brink Road. Um, and then if you're interested in lifestyle and recipes and all that goodness, you can go to BarrettInTheBoys.com and that's where we share all that stuff. Amazing. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm going to be linking this all up in the episode description, but thank you so much for coming on. I really, this is so fun. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from Barrett and learning about her work with Valley Brink Road, as well as her blog, Barrett and the Boys. I have links in the episode description below to both sites so you can check them out for yourself. Thank you to Barrett so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.